What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Great Iron Fantasy Football Podcast for Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. And I am Chip, and I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please do me a favor, hit subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. You know, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my my top caution players for 2021. You know, there's always going to be guys that we see that are highly ranked and just want to give you a little more information before you decide to jump on those guys or reach for them in the draft and may not see the value that you may get from someone else. So I'm not saying these are guys that you don't draft. These are guys that because of where they're ranked, will they bring you back the same value when you know, throughout the season, you know, if you pick someone in the top five, you expect them to be a top five player. So there are some guys that I have some questions about that I'm just going to bring to your guys' attention and go from there. Um, and on top of that, if you have been only listening to the podcast and not over on YouTube, you know, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts on YouTube. I just dropped one yesterday. Um, I did a 12 team standard league format. Um, but the other two I did were half PPR um, formats. One was a running back. Uh, generally a running back heavy one. I, I generally, my, my personal preference for drafts are running back heavy drafts uh, and try to hit on some quarterbacks and receivers here and there. And then the one I did uh, last week was the one about, I did a zero running back strategy where I went after some of the tight and the top receivers and tight end. So um, a lot of good information there. If you want to see me draft live, um, I do that every Monday. So make sure you go over to YouTube and hit that. Uh, subscribe button so you don't miss any more of those. So I have a few players here. I got one, two, three, four, five, six players that I think are pretty, you know, caution players that I, in my opinion, are guys that I just still have a question mark. I know the drafts are coming soon. And for me, I just, uh, I just, just have a question mark. So with that being said, let's start with the quarterback position. And when I'm going through the rankings of the quarterback position, you know, there are guys that I know are, are just obviously definite players I'm going to draft. I mean, obviously, you're, you're Patrick Holmes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray's. Those guys are, without a doubt, going to be your top guys. You're going to draft them high. You expect that value. You know, obviously, if there's injury, you're not. But these are guys that you're drafting that you know for sure are going to get you your value back based on what we've seen, you know, from them being stars in the last few years. The one guy that I have a question mark that's in the top 12, um, and this might be a guy that's in a, on a lot of people's draft boards that uh, have him ranked this high, but also there's a lot of question marks, and that's Jalen Hurts. Um, right now, he is the consensus uh, ninth quarterback um, right now. And for me, I just, I just, uh, I'm a little concerned about that. I don't know exactly how I feel about Jalen Hurts being in front of guys like Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady, you know, stuff like people like that. I mean, uh, it's just, I get the upside, but let's, let's think about this though. Like what do we know about Nick, uh, Sirianni, right? We, he's a new head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug Peterson got fired. Now I know, you know, Nick Sirianni is, uh, is a offensive coordinator from Frank Wright's like coaching tree, right? So Frank Wright, was a offensive corner for the Eagles. He went over to the Indianapolis Colts, and he's been doing some good things, you know. And my question is, what what do we know about Nick Sirianni, right? So we know that he was the OC for the Colts from 2018 to th- 2020. 
you know, when he had Andrew Luck in 2018, the uh, the Colts were the their fifth in team offense and they were sixth in passing offense. And that's the year that Andrew Luck was the top, uh, he was a top five quarterback. You know, but that's Andrew Luck, right? Everyone saw Andrew Luck as a generational talent. You know, this is a guy that um, wish was, I wish I, he was still playing. He's just a fun quarterback to watch play. And it, it, it sucks that we don't see Andrew Luck playing anymore. But, you know, what I have a question about is what do we, what do we know about after Angel Luck? So we know that once Angel Angel Luck retired, the Colts really had to figure out what they needed to do to try to find a way to salvage that season in two thousand eight or in two thousand nineteen. So in two thousand nineteen, they had Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. You know they finished that year at the quarterback. You know they were I'm sorry seventeenth in total offense and they were thirtieth in passing that year with Jacoby Brissett. And that year Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback twenty three in fantasy. So that obviously. Talent-wise, I understand is a completely different talent. You know, Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett, massive difference. But based on that, you know, that's something that makes me a little little red flag there for me just because of talent. Now, Jalen Hurts, he's obviously more talented than Jacoby Brissett, but it's just numbers that I'm trying to throw at you to kind of see why I have some concern. Now, in 2020, last year with Phillip Rivers, the team, it was a they finished ninth in total offense, and they were length and pass up. And so with Phillip Rivers, they were a lot better. But obviously, they the upside for Phillip Rivers was just not there. When it comes to fantasy, when as a fantasy quarterback, he was a guy that was, you know, this last year in the league, he left, you know, Los Angeles to come over to Indianapolis. And, you know, that offense was still decent enough. So what we've seen so far is that there's been, you know, they've had a top so far, Nick Sirianni has been a top 10 offensive coordinator. Two out of the last three seasons, the one, you know, anomaly being the uh, the year that they had to start Jacoby Brissett. But you know what? Do, what do we know about Jalen Hurts? We have a small sample size from from 2020. Jalen Hurts was a guy that he started at the end of the season. He had a we had a couple decent games, but I I just don't I just don't know how I feel about that offense as a whole this year. I mean, the last time the Eagles had a top a top 10, top five quarterback. That was Carson, Carson Wentz. And that was in 2017 before we got injured. So what does that look like this year with, with the, with the new, you know, the new head coach and new offense, you know, and what they have around them, like Jalen hurts from a talent standpoint. I mean, he's dealing with the second wide, a second year wide receiver in Jalen, uh, in Jalen Rager. They have the new, you know, rookie wide receiver Devonte Smith. They have Miles Sanders there. They still got Zach Ertz if he's still there when the season starts, and they got Dallas Goddard, right? So like, there those are not pieces that I feel like okay, that's a that's a quarterback that makes me feel like he's going to be a top you know a top you know top five top ten type of quarterback. I feel like there's still some question marks where it makes me feel like if you're drafting Jalen Hurts at nine, I just don't see where his ceiling is. Where I feel more comfortable drafting. I feel more comfortable draft, you know, drafting Brian Tinnell over him because he has Julio Jones, he has AJ Brown, you know, they got Derrick Henry at the offense. We he's been that in that Titans offense for multiple seasons. Like I just feel more comfortable drafting Ryan Tannehill over Jalen Hurts. Now I understand Jalen Hurts is a dual threat quarterback. I love dual threat quarterbacks. I try to go after them in my drafts, but I just don't I I, I don't want to I want to pump the brakes a little bit on Jalen Hurts just because I want to see more of that offense. 
before the season starts. And maybe, you know, during the preseason, we see a lot of different looks, which we may not just because of the fact that it's preseason and I can give you, they're going to be blank, playing blank offenses. But I just feel like Jalen Hurts right now, um, for me being top nine and being drafted above like Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady, and especially like Matthew Stafford. I mean, I know a lot of people are, are big on Matthew Stafford this year. I just, I just see the, that draft him above those guys. I wouldn't, that's my own personal opinion, but that's the quarterback that I have on my, my, on my list as like one of my caution players going into uh, 2021. Now going to the running back position. Now I'll probably get a lot of hate for this one, but my first, my first running back that I have caution about right now is Alvin Kamara. As you can know that I'm a huge Alvin Kamara fan. I've owned him every single year. He's been in the league. Um, I, he's by far the, the one of my, him and Patrick Holmes are the two guys I love watching play. But Alvin Kamara right now is right now being ranked third in PPR formats. And what's concerning about Alvin Kamara is the fact that Drew Brees is no longer on the team. You know, last year when Taysom Hill, if this is an example of what we're going to see with Taysom Hill as a quarterback, then I'm really concerned for Alvin Kamara. Taysom Hill last year started with what, week 11 and he, he started for four games. In that time frame, Kamara was the RB25, the RB36, and then he was an RB9, and then uh, RB9 again. So that is very up and down for a, for a guy who's being drafted so high right now. Now, we do we know how much he's going to be targeted? Right now, you know, Alvin Kamara has been targeted almost average over 100 times a season. He's had about, average about 81 to 82 receptions per year, and... He's not a guy that gets a lot of yards. He he came close to a thousand yards last year on the ground, but one of those things that he's a guy that he he's he, he's elite when he's able to catch the ball in the backfield. And with Drew Brees now retiring, not no longer the quarterback, never got to deal with Taysom Hill or maybe Jameis Winston. I just don't see him getting targeted as much, and him seeing that value being drafted so high. So uh, it's one of those things that. Like, are we going to finally see a regression of Alvin Kamara being an elite fantasy running back? I mean, I know everybody loves him. I love him still. It's hard for him to, it's hard for me to think that he's not going to be on my roster this year. I mean, I have him in Dynasty, so that's one thing that um, I do, I still have. But like going into like redraft leagues, like that's really, that's a really a big concern for me. So, you know, he's, he's been a top five running back. Uh, three times and then he was the top 10 once so like he finished number one last year and that's what you want out of a guy like Alvin Kamara when you're drafting him so high but if you're gonna draft him at number three I mean I just don't see how he's gonna end up being the top you know top five running back or top three running back with all the question marks in New Orleans right now so um if Jameis Winston's the quarterback I feel a little bit better about it but even Jameis Winston doesn't really target a lot of the the percentage of what Drew Brees and then Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill target the running back is so much lower that I just don't I just don't see it. So um, that's gonna be a hard person not to go after in my leagues, but um, in my redraft leagues. But as a guy that I I love to watch play, but you know maybe I take a I take a year off on Odin Al Kamara and seeing what he does with the new quarterback and the new offense. But he's definitely a guy that I'm not. He's definitely a caution for me. But he's not, I'm not saying he's not. You don't draft him, um, but just have expectations be a little little cautious optimism right there just because of that. Um, and then my second running back I have on my list as a, a caution player is Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor right now is ranked eighth overall in PPR formats. And to be honest with you, like this is a guy that he had a very good end of the season. So he was a guy that um, 
you know, d- overall was he was the he was the RB six last year as we finished, and a lot of that came at the end of the season. I mean, he had a great rookie season overall, but he didn't really make that leap until like week thir- you know, week thirteen. And like I said, if it wasn't if it wasn't for that for that run at the end of the season, he wouldn't have been a top you know top ten running back. But if you if you look at exactly what happened in the first 10 weeks, he was the, he was an RB 19, right? He was RB 19 in the first 10 weeks. And then you got to think about, he was sharing time with Marlon Mack. He was sharing time with Naheem Himes. Um, you know, like that's, that's something that you look at. His strength of schedule last year was just, it was easy. Just like David Montgomery. Like he was a guy that flourished over a, having a, a, a weak strength of schedule. So, um, definitely guy who benefit from that. And honestly, like, now we go into a a year that they 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 bring over Carson Wentz from the Eagles. Now does that how's that offense now evolve around Carson Wentz? Like how how do we see Jonathan Taylor being used? Are they still gonna bring Naheem Hines in and, and Marlon Mack? Like what does that look like? I mean, what we saw in the first ten weeks is that what we're gonna see when he was RB nineteen? Is that even something that we see? Like that's the norm, or that will be what. Jonathan Taylor is on that offense or are we going to see exactly what we saw at the end of the season where he had this huge run and ended up being the RB six overall. Like those are the things that I'm, I'm, you know, concerned about, but don't get me wrong. I love his talent. I think there's potential there. I own him in, I just like Alvin Kamara, I own Jonathan Taylor in dynasty. So I want him to do well. But my question is, would you rather have somebody like Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb? You know, these are guys that are being ranked behind him right now. So I think if I'm a fantasy, you know, player right now, I'm looking at my my options. I had an option between Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, and Nick Chubb. You know, they're all they all have question marks, right? I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor could be in a timeshare. We got Aaron Jones. Who knows if Aaron Rodgers plays? So who knows how the offense would be? But we think that Aaron Jones is gonna be a focal point of the offense, regardless if it's Jordan Love or Aaron Jones. And then you got Nick Chubb who is in a very run-heavy offense, and he's not a big PPR guy, but he still has Kareem Hunt there too, who does get the pass-catching role a lot more than Nick Chubb does. So out of those question marks, I mean, I'm going to go with pure volume. I think Aaron Jones, if I had to pick between Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, and Nick Chubb, I think I'd actually would take Aaron Jones over Jonathan Taylor and maybe Nick Chubb. I mean, that's, you know, if it wasn't for last year, Nick Chubb getting injured only playing 12 games, he still ended being, a, he was still a top 12 running back last year. And that's him missing four games. So if he didn't miss the games with the MCL sprain, he wouldn't have. I, I feel like he was he would have finished the season above Jonathan Taylor. So um, just my thoughts on 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 Jonathan Taylor. I think that you know there's a reason why like like Jonathan Taylor is a guy that we saw great things at the end of the season. It wasn't consistent throughout the season. And then we have guys like Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones who've done it. We've seen it. Have a history of being good. So I want to take what I've seen in the history of players being and performing rather than a guy that had a stretch of a good run and then being ranked so high. So just guy that I'm cautioning about, just my opinion, but um, that's my thoughts on that. And that's, you know, the two running backs I really have the most caution about. Now going to my wide receiver position. Now I look at the top, uh, top 12 guys and I don't see anything that really makes me feel like it's over the top. I mean, you got Calvin Ridley who is right now, top five, which I think because of Julio Jones leaving and what he did last year, I think that's appropriate. Justin Jefferson was the wide receiver six last year. He's ranked at six. So I think that's appropriate. You know, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, 
I think those are little guys that are a little high, but like, honestly, I think that's an appropriate rank. And I, I really don't have question marks. So I really get down to like 13 and that's where Amari Cooper is. So Amari Cooper is a guy that I have on my list and I really don't understand why he continues to be ranked this high, right? Everyone still has this love for Amari Cooper and maybe it's me not liking Amari Cooper at all. Like he's never a guy that ever like went after. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that he's like Kenny Galladay to me. Like he's not, he's, he, I know he's a good player, but he's not a guy that I actually go after and target in my draft. So um, I just don't understand that. I personally think CD lamb is the more talented wide receiver. And I feel like he is actually legitimately the number one wide receiver on that team. I think that he's, he, he just brings more to the table than Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. Um, I know he plays a slot, so he gets benefit, you know, coverage because of that. Um, but for one, I think with Amari Cooper, he just can't stay healthy. He's still recovering from ankle offseason ankle surgery. So um, I know that he just has this, this every year, there's something that's always nagging him. And so you, you can't really rely on him being there for a full season. Now, I do think if, you know, the last few years, you know, Amari Cooper was ranked as the, as the wide receiver one. He was a guy that people thought, yeah, that's a surefire wide receiver one. Now, if you're thinking about it as a wide receiver two, then maybe I, that makes a little more sense to me. Um, you know, the problem is, is that, you know, if you're, if you're a, a, a fantasy football player that goes and goes running back heavy, right? Say for the first two or three picks, you go run back heavy, which I do. And so then now I got to see who falls to me at wide receiver. And what if Amari Cooper is the best guy available? I just don't know if I, I would, I would pick Amari Cooper over anybody else. I mean, I would take CD lamb over Amari. If I did my option between CD lamb and Amari Cooper, I'm taking CD lamb all day. That's just my opinion. But that's the thing. Like when you have strategies, that's why you do mock drafts because when you have strategies like that, where you're like, okay, if I do wide receiver, you know, if I do, if I go and grab the top wide receivers, then who do I have at running back? Or if I go the top running backs, who's my options at wide receiver that gives me upside? I just don't think Amari Cooper brings you wide receiver one upside based on the offense they're in. I mean, you still got Michael Gallup. You know, when when Amari Cooper was on the Cowboys with Michael Gallup, they like Amari Cooper did not really supersede him in, in targets barely by any, like it, it was, he had a little bit more targets, but it wasn't like a substantial amount. So um, I still think that they all get targeted pretty evenly. But if you think about like, you know, if you got Michael Gallup, you got, you got to the targets have to be distributed between Michael Gallup. You got Mari Cooper, CD lamb. You got Blake Jarwin, right? You got Zeke. I mean, if Dalton Schultz is playing, you know, if he's a tight end too, like that's a lot of targets to go around. And I just think that, you know, if you, if you're, you know, dealing with the offense, that's so, I mean, in a sense of like, from a fancy standpoint, that team is so talented offensively. It just makes me concerned for Cooper. And then Cooper has a very, like very tough strength of schedule too. So I think there's a lot of things that make me feel like Amari Cooper being ranked, you know, at 13 and above CD lamb is a little, you know, concerning to me but that's just my opinion on Mari cooper not saying i'm right but like that's just what when i think my about Mari cooper these are the things i think about on why i wouldn't draft him um to be a guy that if i'm doing a runner back heavy strategy that i'm gonna pick him as a wide receiver one and hope for the for the best but that's just my opinion um and then my second uh wide receiver i actually got two in this group because they're on the same team is chris godwin and mike evans now Chris Godwin is ranked 16th and then Mike Evans is ranked 18th. Um, I'm just nervous about both of their upsides, right? Like 
you know, God, Godwin had a phenomenal 2019 season where he finished as the wide receiver two. Uh, last year, he was the wide receiver 31 because he, he was injured and didn't play a full season. And that's when you saw Mike Evans. He was the wide receiver 11 um, last year because of that. So, you know, we've seen Mike Evans be in for the last, what, seven seasons. He's had over a thousand yards receiving. Um, and that's something I feel like possibly could come to an end this year. Um, you know, Mike Evans, he's like, he had just over a thousand yards. He had 13 touchdowns. But you got to think about that was without Chris Godwin there. Even with Chris Godwin playing, Chris Godwin was targeted a lot more than Mike Evans was. So now you think about the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Now they bring everyone back from the Super Bowl team, and that includes Antonio Brown, right? So there has to be enough targets to go around for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, Antonio Brown, OJ Howard, and then whatever Fournette or Ronald Jones gets. And you got to think about Cameron Bright, like, there are so many targets here, and you got Scotty Miller. Like, I just don't see the upside of where these guys are going to be fancy relevant from, a, you know, maybe for a flex, maybe a wide receiver too. But like, you're looking for guys with upside. And I think they have upside as a wide receiver too, but I just don't think you're going to get what you, you've gotten from Chris Godwin and Mike Evans the last few seasons happening this year. And that's coming from a Bucks fan that trying to be non biased or, you know, unbiased or whatever to, the same my team that I love and, and cheer for, but that's the reality of they got so much talent from a fantasy standpoint. I just don't I don't feel comfortable drafting them knowing there's so many players on that team that they have to feed. So um those are my 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 caution wide receivers. All right, so my last player on my list is the tight end position. And I think this is an obvious pick. I think a lot of people are concerned about this from a value standpoint. That's Kyle Pitts from the Atlanta Falcons. Now, right now he's ranked six and and honestly, I can't remember the last time a rookie tight end was ranked so high in fantasy drafts. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of rookies who were kind of uh, unknown players that that eventually had a good rookie season, but weren't ranked so high and drafted so high. Um, the last time that we saw a top tight end in the top five that finished that way, that way was Evan Ingram in 2017. But he benefited from OBJ being hurt, and then he absorbed those targets and had a phenomenal rookie season and finished as the top a top five tight end. Now, when you look at the Falcons, the Falcons have produced a pretty decent amount of top 10 tight ends. So they've had a top 10 tight end since 2018. But when you look at value, like where they're drafted and ranked and all that stuff, you know, when it came to Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper was never ranked higher than a top tight end. He was never ranked higher than tight end 10 in most drafts. So that you know that alone i mean he has finished in the top 10 which there's value there but he's never been a tight end that was ranked inside the top 10 and then in last year we did have Hayden Hurst Hayden Hurst was ranked at the tight end 8 um and he, and he finished as the tight end 10 so you lost a little value there but not too bad where tight end last year was a pretty much a crap shoe anyways but um and the thing about it too Hayden Hurst is, speaking of Hayden Hurst he is still in Atlanta so you got to think about Kyle Pitts, I mean, he's a rookie coming from, um, you know, a college atmosphere, going to the NFL, transitioning to the NFL. I know he's super athletic. I'm not taking anything away from his his ability because if he finishes as the top five tight end, I'm not going to be surprised. But we're looking at, do you, do you go somewhere? Do you draft someone like that so high and then you miss out on players that bring you better value when you can string tight ends and and go that, you know, do that, you know, as the season progresses. But um you know, I still think that Kyle Pitts is going to be the third option. I know 
Julio Jones is gone. And I think that really hurts the, the Falcons offense. We have, we don't know what that offense is going to look like. We got Mike Davis as a new running back. You got Julio Jones gone. You got Calvin Ridley stepping up as the, as the wide receiver one, potentially maybe Russell Gage as the, as the wide receiver two. Then you got Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst. Like there's a lot of, of just unknowns to Atlanta Falcons. I know they have a top passing offense, but I just don't, I, I, I'm just curious to see what the departure of Julio Jones does to this offense. And I feel like if Julio Jones was still there, I think I this, he will not be on my list as a caution player because of where he's ranked. So, you know, that's just my, my take on Kyle Pitts. I think that if you're drafting in dynasty, I think that that's a great pick. I think that he's a guy that will potentially bring you dynasty value. But when it comes to what he does this season, I'm just very skeptical. Now I'll eat I'll eat crow if he ends up being a, a top five tight end, but um, as of right now, it's all about value, and I just don't see where I just don't see Kyle Pitts being above. You know, obviously you got Kelsey, you got Kittle, you got Waller, and then I guess between like four and six, I, I mean, if he finishes within that range, then you got your value out of him. But uh, it should be interesting to kind of see how Kyle Pitts performs. I'm excited to actually see him play, but um, I just don't think I'll draft him in redraft leagues. I would in dynasty, but not redraft leagues. But um, so those are my cautions player, my caution players. So I got at quarterback Jalen Hurts, running back is Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. At wide receiver, I have Amari Cooper, then Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and then tight end um, I have Kyle Pitts. So you know, let me know what you think about my caution players. Right? You know, who are you staying away from this year? Who are guys that you are are just second guessing that you want to you take off your draft board just because? of concerns about what the, how they're produced and where they're being ranked at and value-wise. So leave a comment below and, and, and let's discuss that. But, you know, if you have any Facebook questions and you want to, you know, interact with me, shoot me an email at chip, uh, chip at gridironfacebook.com. And, you know, if you want to follow us on social media, we're at the Gridiron Pod on Twitter and Facebook. We're at Gridiron Facebook on Instagram. So do me a favor. Please like, share, and comment on the YouTube channel and, and with the podcast. Um, and on Monday, I'm going to be doing another mock draft. So, uh, I'm going to do one next week on Monday, and then I'm going to start getting into a mini series about, you know, based on kind of what we're talking about today, about who you'd rather draft in what position and, and who sees the best value. So that's going to be a series coming soon. Uh, but that's it for today and we'll see you on Monday. <laughs>